Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Well, my own journey is wide and varied, but and uh, I've just turned sixty, so it, it's pretty long. So um, the the basic thing I'd say, first of all, is that I went after a lot of medical intervention and surgery when I was young. I eventually went to um, college and I achieved a master's and a HDIP and a teaching HDIP and uh, a pastoral study HDIP, which is in in religion or theology, if you want to put it right. in correct terms. And I've 24 letters after my name now. But what, one, and I've done a few things like voluntarily worked in radio for over a year and a half uh, and um, other things like that started integration clubs to make sure that inclusion was done properly and everyone kind of had equal rights as far as equal rights can come. But the the thing was that uh, when it comes to the... The employment side of it. Yeah. The the um, I've been hitting brick walls. What was your dream? What would you have liked to have done, or would still like to do? I like uh, the variety of going around different places and speaking to different people. And my big, not my own problem, but my my big my big. Um, Desire is to help people. Yes. To to um, motivate themselves and empower them to to get them out of. Well, I'm not saying in a rut, like, but to get them out of where they are and improve their circumstances. Is I suppose in the general sense it would be under the well well being yes. bracket of mental health, but I don't like that right. uh, title. You see yourself as a kind of a motivational speaker. Then, that's yeah. what you like to do. Yeah, yeah. I, and I have, I have done, I have done, I have done it through about twenty schools in West Cork and yeah. two or three in Wicklow when I was living with my sister there. But you see, I don't drive because of a lot of difficulties around the medical issues. And I am not. I'm not allowed to bring my PA. I, if I had one, I mean, in terms of work PA. Yes, of course. I, I, I am. I'm not allowed to bring my PA into the schools anymore, because they won't be better to work with the kids. They're only better to work with me. So, um, at the moment, I put my master's thesis into into practical action and. I have a group going in a local hotel pre-COVID right. for the last six years yeah. where, where people of all ages, you know, they come with their grannies if they're kids and they come on their own yeah. if they're old enough. Can, you, can you tell me a little bit about your journey, Jacqueline? So you were born in Dublin, you lived in Wicklow, and you find yourself in West Cork. It's an interesting journey, and you're down around Ross Carberry. Why that route? Yeah. How, do, how do you come to be there? Well, what happened was that um, my my father wor- worked in um, what used to be called the old CIE, 
you know, the transport company. My my father wants to visit West Cork because he'd never been to West Cork in his life. And um, he, one of his colleagues or understudies in Cork that he knew, he rang up and said, I want to go to West Cork. He he got us a place to for a fortnight in in West Cork in Roscarbury. And while I was I was still I was still school going age, and I was only sixteen. So uh, two people in the guest house wanted to go horse riding, but they were very they were only ten or eleven. They were much younger than I was, uh, and I wanted to go horse riding too because I had done horse riding as a, in primary school, and we reassured assured the riding instructor that. I would be okay on the horse and I wouldn't fall off and cause problems and right. that sort of thing. So while I was having fun going around the paddock, mum and dad were sitting around in the car outside the riding school mm-hmm. and the field opposite was a three-acre green field site and it was for sale. Yeah. And before we went home, we had it in our pocket. And that's where you moved. When they built a house, you moved, yeah. Yeah. Right, and, and I mean, uh, your life, would you describe your life, I mean, uh, education-wise, it is very much fulfilled by what you've achieved, but do you feel that there's not enough emphasis on giving people living with disability equal job opportunities? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I may be not 100% correct in this, but, I mean, I, I can't get registered with the ETV. So I can't go in, well, it doesn't seem as if I can get registered with the uh, Educational Training Board, which used to be uh, about 20 years ago under the VEC uh, structure. And I was registered there, and then I didn't even have a degree at that stage. Yes. But um, I was registered when before it became, changed its name to the ETB, and I don't exactly know when that was, Alan. Right. But... I can't get my name back up on that register okay. for some reason or other. Uh, and uh, therefore, if I ring up the school and say, can I go into your transition years and give them a talk about how to improve their life, how to improve their mental health, how to deal with you know, people in the streets and people with di- difficulties. I don't really like using disability, but yeah. difficulties of any sort that might need a bit of help. Right. I could tell them how to do it, but I'm not allowed, or, you know, okay. help them how to do it, but um, I'm not allowed in because I'm not registered. Uh, you, you talk about living with disability. Can you tell me what type of disability you're living with, Jacqueline? And if you don't, I totally understand. How no, are you? I don't mind talking about my own, my own, well, I don't call it a problem either, Alan, but I don't, don't, I don't mind talking about myself and my life situation yeah. at all except that i i was di- i was diagnosed when i was probably about two and a half with cerebral palsy but yeah. um five years ago on my 55th birthday just by accident not and coincidence but it wasn't done because it was my 55th uh, birthday that, that uh, I was at a consultant and he said he didn't think I had cerebral palsy. Right. So I never said I had cerebral palsy. Mm. So I, I grew up under the um, 
sort of notion and family support system yeah. that I didn't have a disability. Now, it's pretty, it's pretty profound because I use a wheelchair and stuff, so I'm not saying that you can hardly notice my disability. I can't hide it. Of course, yeah. But, I mean, the fact was the attitude around the house and the attitude around my schooling and the attitude around my parents and the social circles that I frequented. No, there was never any place that I ever had to go that I say that I could say that I couldn't go there because of my disability. Because if I wanted to go there, Mm -hmm. wherever there was because of my disability, and I couldn't go there the same way as anybody else would, I would just find a way of going there, and then people would find out a way of helping me to remain there. So you had great, yeah, sense? you have great strength. That is for sure. What was the, the last year and a half like for you, uh, because of the pandemic? How difficult was that for you? The the well, because of the structures that I've built up socially, and because of my own determination and pigheadedness, I suppose, <laughs> I. I didn't find it too bad because I had 68 people looking after me every week. 68? 68. How? Because I had 68 contacts in every week. So you kept your... Between meals and meals and social circumstances uh, and people calling me. I even had calls right away from County Loud up to Galway. Jacqueline, I'm going to have to leave it. It's been wonderful to talk to you. You've, you've, it's an inspirational story. I love how positive you are, but I do believe, like what Dr. Vivian Rath said to me, a lot more needs to be done. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you very much for letting me participate. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.